Welcome. To Arcade Audio. It's hard to find a movie that way. Lucky for you, we found a few. It's Queer Movie Night. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Queer Movie Night. I'm Deb. And I'm Peyton. And this is Queer Movie Night. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think think we'd be better at that. This is our fourth season? We should like write it. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth season. I think we we should write a our own cue cards so that we know exactly what we're supposed to say. Could you imagine if all of a sudden we started using cue cards and this whole thing was scripted? (laughs) There's no part of this that is remotely scripted and it's very obvious. Uh, The audience already knows that. I don't even edit the show very much so it's just like is us stumbling. That's true. It it is true. It used to be heavy edited in a a heavier way. Yeah. But I'm fine with it. There's just... (laughs) It's so funny. Sometimes if we have like a big lull, I'll be like, Peyton, can you cut that out? And then it's not cut. And I'm like, "Mm, you know what? It's human human of us to go, um... Followed by 12 seconds of silence. (laughs) Our old editor would be like, chop, 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 chop. Which is like, maybe what you should do. (laughs) I feel like even... Because Nick Nick Lathan, who I do franchise surprise with... He used to edit the show and produce the show. And I feel like Mm. even nowadays with Franchise Surprise, he doesn't edit it because he's like, I don't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Also, it's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Deb, would you like to introduce our lovely guest? Oh, my God. I would love to introduce our lovely guest. I'm so excited. I have been wanting this person to be on our podcast for a long time. She is the best. She is our queen. She is the best coworker and the best barista on this side of the Mississippi. And... (laughs) Can you tell this isn't scripted? This is scripted. Is Chicago on? Is Chicago on a side of the Mississippi? I don't know, but I immediately (laughs) thought about that as I said it. Don't call it. We we all know I'm not here. Peyton is the brains, and I'm here to to interrupt. Oh oh, no! Don't whippy remark or an unrelated little fable. Anyway, (laughs) she is a performer in the city of Chicago. We love her. Everybody, please welcome Paula Harrington. Hello. Hello. If we were fancy, I would in we would include like a an audience sound there. A round of applause. It's okay. It's always like in my head anyway. Whatever room I walk into. Whenever that's good. (laughs) (laughs) That's so Paula. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, we're we're so excited to have you, and I'm so excited to talk about this movie because I Oh, I've me never too. Seen it before. It's been on my <laughs> yeah. list for a long time. <laughs> I have been hyping it up to Deb all week. <laughs> I'm so excited to finally talk about it. I I am very excited. I've I just told Peyton before we started recording that I've been I feel like I've been hounding Paula to come onto the show for a long time. I don't know if you feel that way. You probably do. But I just think you're so funny and I love you so much and you're my friend, but also um I feel like all we do most of the time is talk about movies. Like that's it. 
that's our entire all day when we work together we just talk about movies and i love paula's take on movies and she's just she's a classic cinephile (laughs) thank you i am and uh, all we do is talk (laughs) about movies and then like make baby sounds to each other and talk about more movies (laughs) yep do you have we also a, uh, the two? I don't know if anybody from our shop is going to listen to this episode, so I'm just going to say it. I think we're the two nicest people that work. <laughs> oh, I agree. At I our agree. at our shop, we I feel like we make the most tips, and people seem to like <laughs> us as a pairing the most because I think we're just the most friendly to customers. I get. Uh, I, I've told you this. I get tipped on bottles of water, and I truly think that's just. <laughs> Like one just goes to show how nice I am, and two yeah. just how stunningly beautiful I am. Yeah. <laughs> you're just so charming, and you're so nice to everybody. Oh, like literally you. to that everybody. So, nice. so yeah, if somebody buys an overpriced bottle of water, which we charge five fucking oh, dollars three. for, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's the, Paula gets tips on that bottle of overpriced water. It's a testament to Paula. I've been okay. tipped $3 in cash on a $5 bottle of water. I'm, I, if any, if anyone doesn't know me who's listening, I am not, I am not full of myself. I promise. It's all an act. <laughs> she is gorgeous all though, for, for our listeners. I, oh, of course she is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, Wait, why did we get there? Why did we talk about this? Um, because oh. no, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. doesn't matter. That just is. You chose a film. <laughs> you were like, "Don't look up anything," and I didn't know yeah. much about it. As I was watching it, I was like, "I know what this is," but yeah. uh, I didn't I recognize was, it. Yeah, we're we'll get into the plot later. But I was wondering mm-hmm. that I I knew the twist already before I'd seen it, but mm-hmm. um, the twist. I I, I, I know. I yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote. Uh, I was wondering, um, and I watched it with my mom, and she had not seen it. And I was wondering as I was watching it, I was like, it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious. And then Mm -hmm. when, well, in my opinion, and then I turned to my mom and I was like, did you know? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess it wasn't. So I I wanted, why I kept saying that to you, Deb, is because in when it came out in night, I mean, the movie we're talking about is The Crying Game. I don't know if we said it. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, like I wanted, I wanted you to experience it like a 1992 audience member yeah. because when it came out, a heavy thing, uh, like about, um, like I, I don't know so much as like the ad campaign about it, but uh, I guess the mystique of it when it was out in theaters was just like, don't tell anybody what happens, right. and uh, that was something like Ebert and Siskel did, um, and like in in reviews at the time they also would say like don't tell anybody and they uh jay davidson has a pretty uh gender neutral name and they wouldn't really refer to his pronouns when not talking about his like character like it's just very uh it's very fascinating that it it was like a big twist moment yeah yeah. (laughs) um very early 90s uh and yeah and i don't want to go against um my my trans sisters but i think it 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 doesn't just have a a i guess um con element there i do think there are actually some pros of using this as i said before before we started recording i have taken notes so i have a lot of opinions yeah, <laughs> I'm excited i can't wait to, to get it. into it yeah yeah okay. um so let 
let's uh let's get started just so we can get into it. Um what our first question for you, Paula, is what is your relationship with queer films? How did you get introduced to them? And um yeah, that's the basic question. Oof. Okay, so queer films. Um I would say my relation I, I, I consume a lot of queer films now and ever since I kind of came into my queerness mm-hmm. I had a I had a big uptick in watching queer films when I was a teenager because uh, I realized I was trans when I was like 16 and I didn't tell anybody for a couple of years and uh um so what I started doing is I, I started watching a lot of um movies and shows with trans representation in them like good and bad but I'd like watch mm. them on my iPad at night, like until my parents didn't know it. I'd like watch it <laughs> in my room. Um, and uh, so I, I can say that's like how I, that's actually the first time I got to see The Crying Game was during this time. And oh, wow. um, and uh, so this is my first time rewatching it uh, since I was in high school. Um, but um, um, I would say some, I'm trying to think because like being asked it, on the spot like that i can't yeah um i'm I'm trying to think being younger queer like specifically queer films i watched i don't think there were many i think there were definitely films with queer undertones um as like there are a lot of where straight people might not even realize it right um, mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes I'll, like, watch a fave of mine and realize, oh, that's a gay-coded character. Mm-hmm. Um, and realize, oh, like, oh, that, oh, I was watching that when I was a kid. Okay, that's very fascinating. Um, and uh, I would say, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's and, definitely something I consume more of now. And right. then, like, um, and then, uh, um, but as Deb said, I, I was also a big cinephile. So I was watching a lot of classic movies. Um, an old fave of mine, which I've, I was um, debating on whether or not to do this movie is um, Suddenly Last Summer, uh, which is based off a a Mm -hmm. Tennessee Williams play. And that is a very, another early example of like, oh, this is gay, but they can't really outright say it. (laughs) But it's very twisted and weird. Um, So I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that's my meandering answer to your very specific question that I just <laughs> beaten. <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's perfect because, I mean, that's kind of the reason we made the podcast because, mm-hmm. you know, we all have a similar experience of, like, looking mm-hmm. for those queer narratives and mm-hmm. especially when we were in high school or younger, um, having trouble finding any queer overtly queer narratives in film. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a really great answer. And... Um, I'm I'm interested. That brings me to the second question about like why you chose this film. I'm interested in hearing about your experience seeing this film for the first time as a teenager and what your opinions were on it then, if you can recall. Okay, so my opinions of it at the time and partly now too. Um, so I do hate uh, aspects of this film. Right. Like with a burning, fiery passion. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, those fires are kind of drenched <laughs> by my love. <laughs> they are drenched. <laughs> Honestly, by my love of the character of Dill. Mm-hmm. I think she's mm-hmm. just a great character. I, I, I just, I do. And the, 
I mean, same thing. When I was in high school and I first watched it, I was just trying to find any sort of, like, I watched uh, this. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a show called Hit and Miss. It's, it's a mini series that has a trans character. That one also stood out to me um, as two very, like, big examples that I found of having, like, a, a good trans character. And both of these examples happen to be be played by cis actors. However, that being said... Which is um, often the case. Which is often the case. Um, but where I kind of separate um, the crying game from, let's say, the Danish girl, which I could <laughs> wax poetic about. Um, because I, hate, I hate that stupid-ass movie. Um, <laughs> Eddie Redmayne at his best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all I'll say is Jay Davidson's hotter. No, um, (laughs) um, no, is that like, I don't know. I think it's played with a lot more truth in, um, the crying game. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I, I think part of that also is the fact that Jay Davidson, um, is queer. And at the time, uh, he was unknown. He was discovered for this film. He was like seen at an event and they were like, can you audition for this? Mm -hmm. Because he was very androgynous. And I think, I don't want to like project anything on his own gender identity or sexuality, but maybe at the time he would have identified as like gender queer or non-conforming or non-binary. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't want to speak for him, but if you, if you look up pictures of him at the time and he even talked about it in the interviews uh, that he presented himself in a very androgynous way for like a lot of his twenties, because that's how he felt comfortable. And so I think for him, it was probably not, I'm not going to say a stretch, but like, I, I don't think it, it was something outside of his norm per se, because I'm sure he knew a lot of trans women just by like the different scenes he was around um, mm-hmm. being a little queer butterfly that he was in his twenties. Um, and, uh, and I do think he played the character with a lot of respect. Um, and I Absolutely. think that kind of sh- shows through. I, again, I love the character. I love Dill so much. I love her wit. I love her outfits except for the one she sings in. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I just, um, and I, and I feel for her. I, I relate to her in some ways. Uh, and when I saw it initially, when I was in high school, <clears throat> even though she seems to be someone who is often searching for someone to love her and uh, it's often leaning on male attention and it's not around the best characters, i.e. Eddie, who, that weird character who keeps coming in and out. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, however, she's leading kind of, aside from that, a pretty fabulous life. She has her own apartment that is pretty cool and decked out. She's a hairdresser. She sings at this gay club. Um, she's hot. She's funny. Um, I don't know. She kind of mm-hmm. has it all going. And I think part of the fact that like it took audiences at the time it's probably because like when you thought about trans people at the time oftentimes it, it you know it was in not so good of a way i mean around the same time you have uh silence of the lambs coming out which um did like a number for the trans community um yeah. another movie i have mixed feelings on um yeah dress uh, to Ki- dress to kill came out like a, like a decade before yeah yeah and even in films before that had more sympathy for trans characters like dog day afternoon let's right. say um it was portrayed um like this 
trans woman who was a real life person and who you mm-hmm. could look up pictures of and who was very much like a, you know, beautiful woman, um, you know, portray, um, I, I'm forgetting the actor who played the character, but just, just very, just, just very classically like, ah, uh, here's, here's a man who thinks he's a woman. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was yeah. just, it was, just, you know, it's very weird. And again, um, I was about to apologize for any sort of disrespect I'm showing, but, but, at, but I, I just thought about that. I'm like, I'm a trans woman. I can fucking say it. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but, um, and uh, I don't know. I, um, I, 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 so I think where people were so surprised and like you said, it's kind of, maybe more obvious now because i was also watching it going like okay like she's beautiful and she's stunning but like i i don't know like (laughs) she's she's a trans woman and uh um, (laughs) and uh i i think audiences which just weren't used to a sort of maybe um glamour or self-sufficiency when they had any sort of trans representation in film i don't know Right. And also having two um, of the main characters being in love with her, too. So, yeah. 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 Anyhow, I'm just going to keep going on tangents this whole time and I apologize. <laughs> no, this is no, why no. We're we love it. here. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I was just looking up hit and miss so I could look at it later. Um, with Chloe 70. It's great. I highly recommend. <laughs> well, we love Chloe for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, bless you, Deb. I sneeze, but I'm muted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll get into the plot really quick so that we can talk about the film in general. Um, uh, and I apologize if I skip over anything important. Um, so this film takes place in uh, Northern Ireland and England uh, England um, during uh, the... Troubles, uh, it focuses on a team of IRA uh, members, um, particularly Fergus and um, Miranda Richardson playing Jude, um, and a young Forrest Whitaker, which was surprising. I didn't know he was in this film, so that was exciting. Playing a British man, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he did pretty a, good. Yeah, that is a British accent. accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the film starts out with uh, Miranda Richardson's character Jude seducing uh, Jody Forrest Whitaker's, Whitaker's character um, in order to kidnap him, and she's this IRA agent. And it seems as if uh, the British army has taken one of their uh, agents in custody. So the plan is to hold Jody hostage until he's released or kill him if they don't release him. Um, And during this time, um, Stephen Rea's character, Fergus, befriends and gets to know Jody um, and they form a friendship. um, uh, During which uh, Jody tells him about his uh girlfriend dill portrayed by jay davidson um and uh basically tells him the fable of the scorpion and the frog who which is pretty familiar um and then it comes to the point where jody is gonna have to be killed um when uh fergus uh takes him out to go shoot him but then he sort of like gives him it seems to me that he gives him a chance to run away but it's also 
he also says that he runs away and tries to escape. Um, but in the chase, Jody is hit by a um, armored uh, car and military vehicle and killed. Um, the gasp I did on this viewing. I know, is, I know. <laughs> it's it, I, I I didn't know it, it it would be so long getting run over. By I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double yeah. hit. Yeah, Double I hit. It would just be the initial hit, but then yeah. No. Then they <laughs> they wanted to make the audience know that he was definitely dead. Yeah. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal. Um, and then the uh British army shoots it appears that they kill all of the other agents, excluding Farg- uh, Fergus. So that, uh, but I forgot to say beforehand, uh, um, Jody made uh, Fergus promise that if he did die, that he would go and meet with Dill and tell them that he was thinking of her uh, before he passed. Um, so after this, Fergus goes into hiding under the name of jimmy i think mm-hmm. um, and goes to england to find dill and instead of doing exactly what jody did he like gets to know her um jody basically said go have a drink with her and tell her this and then it'll be over yeah go go get he her a margarita yeah yeah mm-hmm. but he doesn't yeah. do any of that he doesn't even tell her that he knows jody um, and he finally gets a haircut, thank God, because he looked really bad with the hair in the beginning. He, he looked scraggly. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember I was watching it with my mom and I was like, oh, this was back when they hired they just hired anybody to be in the movie. They didn't care if they looked movie camera ready. Yeah. <laughs> I will say at post haircut though, I thought he was a cutie. Yeah, he looked Same. much better. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild how much that haircut totally changed his yeah. face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um uh, good old Irish lad. Exactly. Exactly. Good old Irish lad. He um meets Dill at uh the bar that she likes, which uh has the bartender Jim Broadbant, who I know is uh Bridget mm-hmm. Jones's dad, but he's also in Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Um, and Cloud Atlas. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Cloud Atlas. <laughs> oh, what a time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Another controversial uh, film. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, uh, and so they get to know each other and uh, become close. Um, he helps still deal with a, an abusive, it seems like ex-boyfriend, potential lover person. Eddie. Yeah. Um, and then um, they become so close that they um, start making love, which when it's revealed, it's revealed in quotation marks to the audience that Dill is a trans uh, transgender um, individual. Um, and then there's that controversial scene, which we'll talk about later. Um, and then there's sort of trying to figure out what the relationship is going to be it seems fergus is still cares a lot about dill and dill still cares about fergus and that's when we find out that jude miranda richardson's character is still alive and she wants fergus to do to kill somebody for them i wasn't really another go ahead oh i was just gonna say another hair transformation yeah 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 (laughs) Oh, much this, movie is all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this film is told in three hair transformations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. Those those bangs, very very Gale Wells. Uh, 
Um, and she uh she basically implies that uh that Dill is in danger if Fergus doesn't help them. Um and then Fergus uh helps Dill to disguise herself. I want to talk about that scene as well. Oh, I do um, too. Yeah. Um, and um then there's uh it's sort of uh revealed that Dill sort of forces Fergus to tell her what's going on. Fergus uh um admits to knowing Jody and to being involved in his death um and then dill restrains fergus when he wakes up the next day um which keeps him from assassinating the target that the ira wants him to assassinate um therefore jude and her part or her partner is killed and then jude comes to the house to confront them um and once uh once Dill finds out that Jude was involved in Jody's death, she uh, shoots her, and then um, Fergus helps her escape and takes the blame for the murder. Uh, the film ends with uh, Dill visiting Fergus in prison and um, asking Fergus why he protected her, and then he goes into the story of the scorpion and the frog and says that it's in his nature like Jody taught him. Um, so that's the basic plot of the film <laughs> um, <laughs> i might have it's a synopsis yeah i would synopsis. say mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of parts so i wanted to make sure there is a lot of parts yeah um, it, it's like a complicated story yeah yeah because mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of like a political drama but then also like an interpersonal drama uh romance type of thing um uh, i don't and know a if, weird... I, if everybody would consider it a romance but i do um, I do too, yeah. and, and it also a weird noir element to it too. Yeah, it's it, very it, it seems, noir. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, it it doesn't feel that way at first, but as soon as he moves over to England, it takes on like this almost noir undertone, which yeah. I, I found very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting thinking of it that way too, because uh, I find it interesting that a lot of the posters actually feature Miranda Richardson's character. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and if you think about it, she really is the the femme fatale in the movie. But they do kind of play with the idea of Dill also being the femme fatale, but which she doesn't really. I don't think. I don't know. I guess it depends on your definition of femme fatale. But I I would say I don't think I don't, know, is, I don't think of Dill being deadly like Miranda Richardson's character is. I mean, she did kill someone. She did, but, but it was, <laughs> in my opinion, it was justified. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's justified too. Yeah. Uh, but um, I don't know just how um, there's a couple of times like um, like when they first kiss on the uh, um, on the on the stairs uh-huh. and she's kind of like half in shadow. I was just like, are, why why are they femme fataling Dill? It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and, and but I loved it. I thought it was yeah. very like very lovely. I think it's definitely. I think they're trying to like they want to keep the audience on their toes. We don't we mm-hmm. don't want to know what the what the end game is going to be. I'm loud but never cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh where should we start i guess but oh. uh, what were your feelings on this film deb we haven't really talked yeah i'm just sitting here going <laughs> i love it yeah I lo- <laughs> sometimes i talk 
so much and I can't stand listening to my own voice when we when I listen to episodes back that I'm like I love when guests are there yeah and I just yeah. I just sit here with my mouth slightly agape because it's <laughs> a Sunday morning um I thought okay I Paula told me to not look up any spoilers and to not know anything going in mm-hmm. so I did and I'm really glad that I watched it that way so thank you for right. telling me to watch it that way um i really had no idea what it was going to be about also reading like the google uh breakdown of it like the quick one i was like how is this interesting and how is this queer (laughs) but obviously because you gotta watch the film to understand those things um but it really was like I, i was kind of a thriller i was like on the edge of my seat for a lot of it um, I loved Dill. I thought she was so so lovable, and I love definitely the best character. So, I think definitely oh, the best so character. Definitely the best character. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it for, but there obviously there's a lot, a lot to talk about that like they definitely did incorrectly. Um, oh, yeah. Also, at the like, not to just talk about the twist. We don't have to talk about it right now, but like mm. the quote unquote twist. I I was like, oh, as soon as it happened, I was like, I remember this. Is it? Didn't they mm. talk about that in the celluloid closet documentary? Oh yeah, I think they do mention it. Also, if you've seen Disclosure, I think they talk. Yeah, about I was going to yeah. say they 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 talk about it in Disclosure because it's also been referenced so many times too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the, the way that I knew about this movie, which is really terrible, but I knew it because of Shallow How, which I don't know if either of you have seen. Oh, yeah. Okay. But <laughs> a really, really horrible, problematic film. Oh, uh, my God. Which, that movie. Which Jack Black compares the the crying game to his situation, which is falling in love with an overweight woman. But... uh. <laughs> oh, oh, also... But that's the only reference I had you for the crying for a long shop time. How. Oh my god! I because um I've never seen it and I don't think I will ever no see it. No need I, to. But, oh no 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 not Shallow How. I have unfortunately seen Shallow How. Oh. But, um, <laughs> I, I was going to say uh, uh, Ace Ventura. I know heavily references oh, yeah. this film. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, a long time, but I that makes sense. I know the the twist at the end of that one. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> and it has a very similar uh, reaction from Jim Carrey, apparently. Yeah. So I, I just won't. I am. I'm like, I'm good. I would say, yeah, I would say, fine. surprisingly, it's it's less subtle, or it's more. It's not as subtle as the the reaction in this in this movie. <laughs> in Ace Ventura, I do remember uh, that scene. Oh, but but Deb, I, I um, are are you done with your opinions about? Because I would love to hear more of your thoughts. Yeah, if... I want to have more of a discussion. Okay. about it because i f- do feel like like i i had i i had a a good time watching it and there were characters that i really loved and there were parts of it that i really loved but like as a whole i feel like i i'm not i'm not the person to like right. give down a breakdown on whether or not it was offensive to trans people or not or like oh, yeah. you, know, you know what i mean yeah. but that's why well, I, I so i looked up um uh an interview with the director who also wrote it mm-hmm. also like the fact that it was nominated for best for best picture and um, the two lead actors were nominated for their mm-hmm. acting performances at the Academy Awards is a big deal. Yeah, and it won best screenplay. It is yeah. like an it Academy Award like catnip, yeah. really, yeah. but it's the early '90s still. Like yeah. with that, knowing that, 
that is a big deal. Um, but basically they were, the interviewer was just like, did you mean to like, what, like, what are the, do you regret any of the choices that you made for specific things in the film? Do you, are you proud mm-hmm. of it? And it sounded like, I mean, all, y'all read it and like, see, see what, how you interpret it. But it like really seemed like he did make it with a lot of care and trying to be respectful to the trans community. And he was like, honestly, I didn't know about trans people really. And even back then it, it wasn't called that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, um, right. But he was like, I just had this character in mind and like Dill came to his mind first. And he was like, it has to be like, it has to be a trans woman. And then he talked to like Stanley Kubrick and was like, uh yeah we don't we we can't find we can't find our person yet like we can't find him and stanley kubrick was like you're never going to this person doesn't exist (laughs) and because the director neil i think his name is he specifically wanted wanted like a black man to play dill apparently Mm. and then they did find yeah, they found they found him. What I'm sorry, Jay. Yeah. Jay Davidson. Jay, yeah. they found Jay. Yeah, at like a some sort of event, something. And then he was like, and then I learned so much. And he was like, all the people that were hanging out at the metro were actually people a part of like the trans community of that where they were filming. And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, it opened his eyes to a lot of things, and that he well, did try to actually use like people like queer identifying people or like gender queer trans people, like even just as extras in the, in the film and that he wasn't like ever setting out to make it a caricature because he cared so much about Dill himself. And yeah. I do think that was obvious. Like yeah. I, I Dill isn't, it's what you were saying, Paula earlier. Dill is not written as a caricature of like, like she's uh, to me, she's written with like a lot of love. Yes. And I was talking to my parents about it yesterday, uh, saying that um, I was going to be talking about the crying game. And, uh, you know, they they hadn't seen it before. And um, I said, I said, it's very fascinating because it's kind of one of the only older movies I can think of where I I say older, like pre 2000s, (laughs) just like uh, because I know it's 92, which is far away, but also not. But um it's the only older movie I can think of where like a trans person is kind of um, taken seriously uh, and just kind of just shown just it, it, it isn't, I mean, there's a couple quips afterwards, but it's, it's, it's not like you're laughing at Dill in any way. It's more the right. character um, Fergus kind of trying to make things quippy, I guess, as he's dealing with his now, um, sexual crisis um, or whatever it is he's going through because uh, uh, I don't know it's yeah it's it's very interesting and, and then it's also fascinating that uh, the director went on to direct um, Breakfast on Pluto mm-hmm. is that the name of the movie so, which yeah. also had to do uh, with a trans character um, and Stephen Ray was also in that film as well um, yeah it seems like this director worked with Stephen Ray a, a few times yeah, so I feel like Stephen Ray, I'm I'm hoping is someone who has a lot, <laughs> a lot of respect for the trans community because yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like you were saying, that it, it does show that I, I think he did love this character, um, but yeah. like did the best 
maybe that he could as like a straight cis male who had no idea. Okay, here's the bad like the like love that he loved Dill and that he wanted to be respectful of the character. But like when the interviewer in that interview I read asked him like about like the vomiting scene mm-hmm. and about like the not good things that were represented and the things that did upset a lot of the community. He was like, that's what anybody would do when they're shocked. And the interviewer was like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He was like, it was just a human reaction. I'm like, eh. Like, for for the good that you've done, you've also, I'm like, sure, caused some harm. So that, I guess, that's what I'm curious to talk about. I think, yeah. I I think it's interesting what you're saying, Deb, about, like, him actually talking to people that were part of the trans community, because it does seem like they, the director, the filmmaker had like a cursory understanding sort of, of like what the trans community was like, but it it feels like they had input, but they didn't have any like power to be like, Oh no, you shouldn't do this or like that sort of. No, it's, he he had no idea. And he had no idea about anything trans related when he wrote the film and finished it. It wasn't until they started filming that he was like, Oh, Oh, this is a whole ass community. I didn't realize existed yeah. basically. Yeah. Um. And that what, what was it? What was I just saying? <laughs> the filmmaker and working yeah, with the was, trans community. What was the question you asked? Um, I was just saying it seems like the film had a cursory understanding, but it didn't have like direct involvement. Like they didn't have a oh, cons- like I don't think he, he had, like, like a had, trans like, consultant or something. That's it. Okay, that's what I was and- trying to say. Like, sorry, I, that was a true brain fart. No, also, I turned off my air because of the sound, and I am like starting to burn up a little bit, and oh, I no. feel like I'm distracted <laughs> a little bit. Um, like I don't think they had like a trans writer no. like, helping oh, no. him. Like, there's Absolutely no way. Not, it was the no. early '90s. I doubt it, and and I think that's also because, you know going off of what you were saying and just thinking about it, I'm like, okay, but how much did he really talk to trans people? Like it's, yeah, it sounds right. like maybe the, the, he the, thinks he talked to them a lot, but it, exactly. And it yeah. sounds like the character came to him first. I'm guessing I don't want to presume anything about this man. <laughs> However, um, I'm guessing he's like, what if we have this trans character? It's a reveal, like whatever, like, I don't know. He probably still created this character. Funny, still like, had this character he loved. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Let's have the sickening reveal. And uh, <laughs> but um, but I still think he was probably viewing it in regards to the mechanics of the story. Um, right. And uh, and then how it sounds like the having discussions with trans people came after the fact while filming was already in progress or like production was just getting started. I doubt he was having a lot. Again, I don't want to presume anything. Maybe he's a very thoughtful person, but I don't want to, I I, I highly doubt um, he was having these discussions, especially. And and again, um, I don't know. The only thing I will say is like, uh, you know, sometimes you do have to keep movies, um, like you have to keep their time periods in mind. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's where I do give some, I, I give some parts kind of breaks where I'm like, okay, you didn't cast a trans woman. It's 1992. I got to keep that in mind. You went with like Jay Davidson, who honestly, again, this is one of those performance by a six actor that I do kind of 
in my opinion. And this is just me. This is right. just, <laughs> I'm an individual, but this is one of those performances I do give a pass on. Eddie Redmayne, but um, <laughs> you sick son of a bitch. But, um, <laughs> but, um, you public menace. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, and that being said, like I, I don't know trans the trans community, uh, the trans community, um, in and of itself just wasn't as vocal as the time because it didn't have as many rights as it does now right, right. and like yeah. and still is fighting for and uh i mean we're talking early 90s uh i mean it had just when did the laws banning like quote-unquote cross-dressing like get eliminated from england and Ooh, I don't uh even know. america yeah, that's such a good question like, it, it it wasn't that long before because I know it was still going on in like the sixties, which right. so like we're we're still talking about like a community that has to live a, a lot of it has to live underground, um, especially in regards to getting health care uh, or hormones or or just mm-hmm. money, you know, because you know I'm I'm also I, I should have looked it up I didn't look up any of the discrimination laws that were in effect around that time, right. but um uh. It's, I, like, I don't know. And that's where I kind of become conflicted about it is because, yeah, I have, I have to look at this as as a film that came out in the nineties and, you know, I I do like it. I I do like the movie. Again, I hate parts of it. I I hate how um, parts of it were handled. I also, but where I won't cut it slack is like you. You could have talked to to more trans people or had more trans inclusion yeah. with the making of this film. Right. Um, I, I I read that there were budgetary constraints as well, um, and that it was filmed like in chunks over whatever period of time, and they were often like running out of money and like having to film very quickly, which I'm sure is stressful. But you can still like I don't know get like <laughs> consult some <laughs> trans people like right, right, you. you right. Re- um, and I don't know, like, a, um, just the fact that they found, uh, Jay Davidson, at, I think it was some sort of premiere. And at the time he was doing like modeling and, uh, fashion styling and stuff. I'm like, I am sure they had in like where there were trans people working creatively. Right. I'm sure right, they right. had their ends, but I digress. I, that's like where I, I won't give the movie any levity, but, um, it's. I don't know it. I it's yeah. Now now I'm having a brain fart. That's that's no, kind of it. it's <laughs> it's it's very complicated, and that's where the movie becomes very complicated. Is mm-hmm. just um, because it's a movie so like this movie could not be made now, um, and or it could. It just a lot of things would have to be different, right. or it could and, and but still have to be rooted in early '90s Northern Ireland and England, right? Right. Um, you know and. And and that is also the sad thing about it is like with the vomiting scene is like where I, I hate it, but also at the same time, just, you know, just having too many straight macho men in my life and just thinking about like this gruff, <laughs> like Irish baby boomer yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's in the IRA. Um, I have to. I have to wonder if that is cheap. Yeah, t- far a terrorist from the truth organization. Or not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know if if it is far from the truth or not. Um, I'd like to think it's not, but at the same time, um, 
you know, I, I mean, trans women are, are, are treated, are, are treated worse today. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's very, it's very hard. It, it, it raises a lot of hard questions. And I think that's why, like, if we want to talk about the, um, the twist scene for a moment where that happens, why that's so painful is because like, well, one, he does hit her to push her away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, starts vomiting and dry heaving and then has to leave. Um, and then like, like leaves her crying on the floor basically. And, uh, it's, it's it's a very hurtful moment it's it's i don't know the fact that like this surprise he has like leads him to automatically have this physical revulsion towards her yeah is absolutely wild because then if we because then it does kind of harken back to the beginning when he has to help forrest whitaker pee (laughs) when forrest whitaker's like it's just a piece of meat yeah. And then and then obviously that doesn't land with him because he has such a like this um um reaction. And then um and then yeah, and then and then the fact that she then kind of accepts his apology and kind of goes back and uh and then has that uh, to me the most heartbreaking moment of the movie is when she says like um even like while you were being sick, I could tell you cared. And then mm, yeah. he said, and then he says, like, like, did you? And then she she's wearing sunglasses, but you can tell she's tearing up. And she's like, Do you though? And that to me is the most heartbreaking scene of the whole movie. And because, you know, that that scene, like, yeah, I'm sure it was it was awful for trans people watching it at the time, as it is now. And it's mm-hmm. again, that scene is unfortunately the scene that has carried on like with how this movie is referenced yeah yeah and so that's how it's kind of done more harm than it has good yeah. it's because when we talk when people talk about the crime game now when it's referenced in so many movies and tv shows it's that scene like i can think yeah. of three like you know off the top of my head where like the you know the vomiting is is referenced um but then if you think of it in terms of character, like that must have been so traumatic for Dill because she's right. falling in love with someone and um, thinks she's safe. She's just had a boyfriend die. Yeah. And then yeah. here's this man who she's finally kind of becoming safe with. And the fact she has to kind of go out of the room and get into a robe, you can tell there's probably some discomfort in her body as it is, or, you know, dysphoria that's there. And mm-hmm. then to have him like, like hit her and then vomit it's just it's absolutely terrible yeah um it's horrible and and i and i wish again with like the with neil whatever his last name is saying that uh that that's how anyone would react um like i don't know maybe that's how some straight man who has no i guess perspective uh would re um and like would react in that time and like how he was raised uh but at the same time um for someone who supposedly cares a lot about his character he really did her a disservice in that scene yeah and it's very unfortunate there's a couple oh go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead ask your question i was gonna say after that scene 
I guess when you watched it for the first time and now watching it back now mm-hmm. with your life experience, um, like, did you think that Jimmy was redeemable or was like afterwards, like when he goes and he apologizes and they kind of get back together and he ends up doing this noble for noble thing for her in the end, mm-hmm. like, is he good because he did do this horrible thing and like, yeah, we're supposed to just continue on with the film and like kind of forget that he did this like really, really horrible, traumatic thing to Dill. Okay, here's and here's where I kind of have to separate it into like it being a movie is because in real life, like, no, it's not redeemable. Yeah. Like, however, when the film ends, I still hope they're together. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's a movie. Yeah. And and again, I I I I, I love Dill, and she seems to be still like you know happy visiting him in jail and um and she looks so good she looks great she looks impeccable (laughs) with that uh, with that whitney haircut she has at the end oh my god (laughs) and then like also um like when she's going up to him in the end when he's behind the glass like he's kind of beaming as she's coming to sit with him like he's very obviously like like smiling and happy she's mm-hmm. there and you would presume that she's visited several times at this point right. um uh just by how much her hair has grown and everything <laughs> yeah um so i don't know i'm still rooting for those kids um, <laughs> <laughs> um but only because it's a film because yeah. in real life like no it's it's not redeemable <laughs> yeah yeah uh and that's where you kind of get into uh i guess the ethics of it because like at the same time like i don't know he did also have a hand in killing her boyfriend right, so. right. <laughs> true we also forget he is uh i guess considered a terrorist yeah uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of it, but like a good one uh, if there can be that's really what they want to drill home in the film is like it's just in his nature to be a sweet guy who's well, awesome that's there's so many things I want to follow up on what you said, Paula. But but right, well, we're talking about that. Is I was surprised to read that like in England this movie really did not do well because no. because they because of the sympathetic portrayal of the IRA, mm-hmm. like they they really did not like it. So it was a lot more successful here in America because I think Americans were much less knowledgeable about that situation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I think the movie does bring up a lot of um, inter- interesting um, and Neil, the filmmaker is Irish himself, which is interesting. So um, I think the film does bring up a lot of interesting questions about morality and like, you know, what what is the right thing to do no matter like what forces and influences you have um so i thought that i thought that was interesting that it wasn't quite well received over there as it was over here um Mm -hmm. and not and not even about the trans storyline but just about that that perspective about it i want to um talk about um the the vomiting scene just for a minute um Mm -hmm. to say i there was one part of it that i did like which was that they address that I like how the film addresses that in the, in from the film's point of view, Dill wasn't being 
um, deceptive or no. Yeah, I like I like that that she was like I thought you knew like, and that's how I felt like as an audience member. I was like I it felt like it was pretty obvious like. <laughs> it's kind of he goes kind of, to a gay bar yeah. he <laughs> goes was, to metro yeah yeah are you shitting me the next time they go to metro right after that scene it's like 10 10 times gayer than I it was the wrote i wrote it in my notes i wrote it in my notes hold on <laughs> i was like i was like oh it's like queen night tonight like <laughs> at the metro um, i i wrote <laughs> after i wrote um <laughs> Oh, well, uh, just an aside, one of my notes, and this is while Forrest Whitaker was um, being held hostage, I wrote, I would get Stockholm Syndrome so easily. (laughs) 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 Stephen Ray talking me up. Oh, my God. But but I wrote, the club gets so obviously gay because, like, at first... At first, like uh, at first watch, like at first visit, I should say, and even the second one when they're dancing there, um, like it's supposed to like not seem like a gay club, and 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 even then, you can tell the other performers are like lip syncing, like Mm -hmm. they're drag performers, but it's a lot more, yeah, it's a lot more subtle than that scene after after. Oh yeah, yeah, and then after. Where they really throw it in, yeah, and you're yeah. just like, and you're like, oh, really? Like, and which that was a part I laughed at, uh, yeah. as, like as a filmmaking <laughs> choice. I was just like, oh, that is so funny. Yeah. That is so funny uh, because if, if if it had looked like, <laughs> you know, if it had looked like that the first time, I I don't know. It's <laughs> but they really do linger when it comes back, and, and yeah, there's like, yeah. I, it, it feels like the the drag queen population of the club like shot up like fifty yeah. percent. <laughs> yeah. Than, yeah. than it was than like the first two times you're in it. Absolutely. <laughs> Which Absolutely. is so funny. Yeah. Um yeah. And and then just the fact that uh there's that part Jim Broadbent as the bartender mm-hmm. who which was also in my opinion a fun role. Um yeah. and just ha- him kind of communicating between the two of them while, mm-hmm. while they're flirting initially. Yeah, and she's drinking and she and she's drinking and she's drinking a margarita and um <laughs> Uh, which is another place I felt seen by Dill. Um, <laughs> but because uh, rain or shine, winter or summer, I'm drinking a margarita. But um, mm. but when he like leans over, there's something I have to tell you. She's uh, she's Fashion. what? She's on. And, you know, and, and it's like it's like he was going to say that she's a trans woman or yeah. something. And I'm just like. Why are you gonna like lean over and do that? Like it makes no sense. Yeah. Like you can't tell that this like straight man wandered into a territory he knows nothing of. You don't know that. He could be another guy, like who's like so another gay guy who's new to the scene, or like another one who's just like attracted to Dill and followed her in. Like you don't. He, he, like there was no reason to like lean over and be like this unsuspecting man. Like I'm like again, he walked into fucking metro. Like I was just like, no, he should have fucking known. But uh, I also uh, um, that kind of goes hand in hand with this because I think perhaps because because of that choice, we're supposed to be seeing the world through Fergus's eyes. And maybe mm-hmm. that's like why the the queerness is heightened after that scene. Um, 
but there was now actually... he, everything he sees is queer. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he he and the audience in the film are sort of led to believe that things are different, or they want they want to believe what they they see what they want to believe. I feel like, but I, um, I, I go ahead. Oh, oh, I I didn't want to um. Did you want to talk more about the uh, the reveal scene? I was also hoping to go back to the beginning and like yeah. the, basically the first act of the movie, but we could also do that after. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to go back to because I want to talk about his relationship with oh, sure, Jody as well. Yes, yeah, mm. yes, I do. Um, um, <laughs> but there, I found it interesting that there was a uh, a critic who said. Uh, that the film's placement of being in Fergus's point of view is kind of a dis disservice to the story because it reinforces societal norms instead of challenging them. So I thought that was an interesting critic's take on it. And um, it would be, while I think maybe if, if we did, um, if the film was done now, it would maybe be done in parts where maybe the first act was from Fergus's point of view and maybe the second act would be, from Dill's point of view or, or something. That would be a very fascinating movie, which would be really interesting. I think. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. obviously Dill wasn't in the first act, but uh, so, so we couldn't get her point of view from that, but I, I think it would be interesting to see that and would maybe correct some of the mistakes uh, in the original. Um, but yeah, if we, do we want to go back to the, the first act and talk about that for a bit? I Let's. would love to, because yeah. I, think the I think the first act is, I don't know. It, it, it's such for a movie that's considered like a thriller. I feel like the first act, I guess while the raid scene is thrilling, it feels like a black box play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I had which, the same thought, Paula, which was a vibe I loved. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, I really would love to see just their friendship as a play right. almost. I felt it, like that could have been a movie of its own, that whole first act. Right. If we the director... On like... Oh, I'm so sorry, babe. Oh. The director said that he... Um, he... he it, this was... That part of the of the film was inspired by a, a novel that had been turned into a play <laughs> about a kind of similar story, like, decades before. Okay, that so makes sense. it was it was sort of based off of a play that already existed. Um, mm -hmm. about like soldiers basically like one soldier holding another soldier captive and how at the end of it he had to shoot him and kill him but they got to know each other and they formed this bond and it's, i mean it's like it's pretty interesting stuff it is it's very fascinating um and i don't know like i also read that a lot of people argue that there was a crush developing there from uh mm -hmm. from from fergus's end that maybe he did not know how to i guess handle mm -hmm. because i think because we are acting under the presumption that fergus is a straight male and if this is indeed some sort of like gay crush or gay attraction he is having to jody then maybe like other than a friendship or seeing himself in him, uh, that could be why he is so sought out on like finding Dill. 
but um i don't know I, that was something i uh i when i was you know reading afterwards like uh, apparently a lot of people have thoughts about that which i was like i mean yeah that's it's a very interesting take because there are like a lot of moments like that whole peeing scene is mm-hmm. wild mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> wild mm-hmm. like why is it why is it included like sort uh, of thing and and in a way where i'm like yeah it, i can almost see why it's included because it just functionally that would be something that would happen while one's in capti- captivity right <laughs> and but but there's oh, but a they... reason that the filmmaker chose to include because like usually that <laughs> yes. would happen off screen there's a reason or... that the filmmaker wanted us to see it or or be more jokey while it right. was happening right right right, right. it Instead, feels really it, queer coded though yeah. it does I, I i wrote um that piss scene <laughs> that is what i wrote <laughs> very I think bro- also- it's very like brokeback mountain or something almost yes yeah. I also, I feel like I noticed like some sort of tension and maybe a crush building between them from the moment that uh, Jody like talks about him being handsome and he kind mm-hmm. of like smiles in response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it starts there. Uh, to me, it was it. I thought it was like very obvious. I don't know if it's just not obvious to people who aren't queer and especially in the 90s who like didn't see it this way or yeah. even the director if he didn't do it on purpose yeah but to me, it just felt it's like weird yeah were these feelings i mean also it's it's referenced throughout the whole film like yeah. even when when dill and jimmy hook up for the first time he literally looks over at a picture of jody at one point and then he and then he keeps saying like what would Jermaine think and, he, and then uh yes. and he sees his outfit there and he keeps having these dreams of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly, there's a lot of textual stuff that supports it. Yes. Yeah. And then I also write like a piece of evidence they have, which I, I know I wanted. I said I want to talk about the first act, and now I'm jumping to close to the end. But like how the fact when he quote unquote disguises Dill, um, he uses Jody's he, he, clothes. He dresses. He dresses her up as Jody. Yeah. And, which is very, very, um. It was a choice. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I had also read this theory, and I think I hadn't thought about it when I was watching the film, but I do remember thinking in the scene where he uh, dress disguises uh, Dill. I remember thinking it's weird that he disguises her in Jody's clothes, and like I wonder if there's some sort of thematic or like story mm. perspective that we're supposed to get from that but i i do i did read the theory and was thinking about like how perhaps he was struggling with his sexuality and when mm-hmm. he does when dill first reveals themselves to him he he goes into like a gay panic and is like yeah it's like i was attracted to this person who from his perspective is actually a man even though sh- they identify as a woman and they are a woman um and and his first inclination is to make them into a boy again, which is an interesting textual uh, thing. Also, when you were when you were talking about heartbreaking scenes, um, I'm jumping all over the place, but like I, I was like tearing up when you were talking about uh, Dill with the sunglasses and everything. But also, mm-hmm. one of the most heartbreaking scenes, and I think you were talking about dysphor- her experiencing dysphoria is when he's cutting her hair. That was so 
so mm. upsetting to watch. And you, uh, it was another scene I kind of hated. Jay Jay yeah. Davidson's performance in it though is so it's good so because you can good. you can read the the dysphoria that she's experiencing on her face yeah. and how mm-hmm. how much it hurts for her to like lose this 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 thing that's integral to her to her being and her character. I feel like mm-hmm. yeah yeah no uh so yeah i guess that's all i had to say about it (laughs) no it it's no again jay davidson again i will say just i i think his performance is so great in this film yeah and like you know he never acted before it's crazy he never had and then he only acted like once afterwards yeah yeah and then he he, he apparently said he didn't like the attention so then he just kind of (laughs) faded back into like styling and stuff which mm-hmm. honestly would have served. Yeah. And if you yeah. see him now, and if you see him now, he still looks great. Yeah. He mm-hmm. looks impeccable. Um, but uh um uh but like I, I don't know. And again, I think that like again, they did not get a trans woman to play this part, which which is sad to say, I would is very uh of 1992. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I do feel like, and that's kind of where. I I hope I, I that's where I will kind of give the film some slack in that regard. Where I'm like, okay, this is the early '90s, and they are dealing with subject matter that they are almost trying to lure mass straight audiences into seeing. Um, and so, like, maybe I I don't know. I I don't know. I, I, it just seems like they did what they thought was the thing to do and like and as much as i would have loved to see a trans woman rock the shit out of that part i do think going with jay davidson um again he was so excellent in this role and i think he treated it with such respect and i I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with him again just being a very queer person who was already playing with how um he presented i mean again for someone to have seen him at an award show go like Oh, this is the one. Right. <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> like I mean, he must—he must have been rocking an amazing outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. But just to go back to the first act, yeah. Uh, with um. So, like again, they don't concretely say whether or not this is like the developing of some homosexual homosexuality <laughs> they, um, they don't specifically say it however it it's you're so right it is so queer coded that like, like it's very like that's how i was reading it too and it's fun because when I, I was um in high school i don't remember seeing it that way um mm-hmm. so when i was watching it this time and then like just their conversations and then when he like takes off like the the head sack <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I was wrong though. You're not the handsome one, you yeah. know." And just almost, yeah. almost, almost flirty. Yeah, which, yeah. Like it was just, um, 
And it made it so compelling. I, I thought the first act was just so compelling. And and I think that's why I wrote down, I would have gotten Stockholm Syndrome so badly. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh my God, I was also kind of following first Stephen Ray um, holding me capture. Um, <laughs> and then he, and then I, I also read it in that he lets him go when he finally has to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Kill him, which, which he then convinces his little IRA squadron that he, ha- that he has to tell him. Yeah. So that I guess he has like that night to um I guess deal with his mortality. Um which Forrest Whitaker, also a performance that Amazing. is yeah. so good. It's like and, and just him like I don't know, I feel like a lot of times in films and in a lot of depictions of soldiers particularly when they're in like a life or death situation, they're very stoic. Mm. Um and Forrest Whitaker is just sobbing, and I found that so sad. I felt sad for that little <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> it was very like, compelling, and he, yeah. And he's just like, just tell me anything. Just tell me. Just oh, tell me. God. Just tell me yeah, a story. Was I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, Forrest. And then I also read it that um, when it comes time for him to execute him in the woods, uh, like a dog, uh, I also read it that he lets him go yeah yeah um and they have this weird playful chase yeah yeah it's still weirdly flirty like laughing yeah yeah Yeah. and he's like you can't do it (laughs) you can't do it (laughs) and then immediately and then immediately gets destroyed (laughs) by a military tank And then, and just how, um, uh, also kind of read as like losing like a loved one, um, just, uh, Stephen Ray's or Burgess's delivery of Jody. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Oh. I know. And it's so sad. It is so sad. Yeah. And, and just like, like he's mm-hmm. losing, like, like if we are going to take it at face value and even then, but if we are just going to take it face value that this is him losing a new friend, like it's been what a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three days. Three days. That's it. Yeah. 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 It's been a long weekend. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, it's been Memorial day weekend um, or whatever the Irish equivalent of that is. And, <laughs> um, and he's already like, so broken that he would watch his, this guy get run over a truck and he was going to kill him. He was going to shoot him in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I think there is something to the theory that uh, it was, um, there was some gay agenda happening <laughs> during that. There was a gay agenda active. <laughs> there was, there was a gay agenda. <laughs> there was, they were, they're trying to re- use this film to recruit, obviously. The Irish Republican Army was really. <laughs> oh my god! Gay agenda in. <laughs> um, I want to uh just take this time because I feel like we've talked about a lot about um the controversial parts of it, um, and I want to revisit that if if we still have thoughts, mm-hmm. but also yes. uh, take the time to discuss. Uh, what we liked about the film and what we liked about uh, uh, the portrayal of of Dill and and the performances. If we have anything else to say. (laughs) Um, What I love about the movie, um, again, Dill, 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 
dildo. Um, I adore her. I love her. She's a queen. Um, and I hope she's doing well wherever she is now. But um, I, I hope she knows that she doesn't have to rely on um, these these um, grungy ass <laughs> like <laughs> disappointments of men. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, I do like I, that that before. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, before uh, Stephen Rea appeared, even though she had like the the creep guy around, it seemed like she was like still living her life like even though she had lost jody it seemed like she was like doing fine at the at the being a beautician and performing and like it seemed like she had her life pretty much together and um i I feel like like there's a there's there there are moments like especially near the end where she's talking about how much she wants to be loved by someone there are there are shades of like the 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 not pathetic but like downtrodden queer person but mm-hmm. uh, but there's also a um a drive to keep living and keep thriving that i think yeah. is inherent in her character as well which i thought was nice no i i love that too and i love again she has a she has a life that is going she has friends like she has friends that are cheering for her when her date right. arrives Uh, She has a fabulous apartment. I can't go on enough about that apartment. And And she says in the film that everybody um, at the hair salon knows. knows That's big too. Mm -hmm. And and so she's got a lot of support too. And and she has like a queer community. Yeah. um, Obviously with Metro, which again, how did you not know? (laughs) (laughs) Um. And I do love that it kind of, even though it is silly, um, with when we go back to Metro for the third time yeah. and they really <laughs> ham it up, they really are like, like they did everything aside from having like uh, death drops happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, like Charlie XCX could have been playing. It yeah. was, uh, but in the remake, in the remake. <laughs> exactly. But I, I do love that we at least see we get a little peek into a joyful queer culture that's happening mm-hmm. in the city because he's in London, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is. So. He is in London. He is in London. Um, but um, uh, we get this like little peek into this like very joyful or at least seems joyful uh, queer community that is thriving and going on that he was just not privy to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Metro doesn't seem like. A, the seedy like shady kind of bar that you might expect in this type of movie or or something no. like that it, it seems like a it's a, it seems like a fun nice place no i would have gone i would have had a margarita there with the bartender again absolutely. jim broad oh, seems like a fun guy yeah um they're all singing to the songs <laughs> um <laughs> when we they were <laughs> singing to one of the songs and they panned to the crowd and the crowd is singing kayla walked in while I was watching it and she goes, what are you singing? Or she thought <laughs> that was me. And I was like, what's me singing? I don't know the song. <laughs> <laughs> and the children went to drink <laughs> the barrel of the whiskey. The whiskey runs through the town. I don't know. <laughs> that one, that one woman at the bar was really, uh, she was like, she was. Yeah. Oh, she was. And, and then also I love that. 
still <laughs> her whole act is just hands. I yeah, love that it a is lot just, of hands. <laughs> uh, and people are mesmerized. Mesmerized like, by the hands. I, mean, I would be too. That's yeah. the model in her. That's the model. She's stunning. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's giving it her all. Um the outfit's atrocious, but besides that, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's all hands. Um the crying game. But um <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I I love that. I I love as toxic as it is, I do love, I do, I do love, I guess, <laughs> um, the affection that um, Fergus has for Dill. Mm-hmm. And despite, despite the, re- after the reveal scene, he does have remorse for what he did and then is still trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I want to I'm I'm lightly treading there because I understand sure. that it is fraught with um, uh, toxicity and right. straight straight male toxicity. But right. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Being, oh, go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was going to say that being said, I I I you do get a sense of of him still wanting to protect her. And then when, um, uh, is it, is it Jude Miranda Richardson, Jude, when Mm -hmm. she uses Dill like as kind of against him, like saying, well, we don't want anything to happen to her. Oh no, excuse me. Let me get that right. We don't want anything to happen to her. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I do love that his first instinct is to, protect her um like and maybe that is just going back to in the way he could protect um jody jody um Mm. but i do feel like it is it is personal at that point that there is still a love there um i also like about the film that um we are seeing a trans woman again not just in having a functional life a life that is happening that has a lot of stuff going on um that she's like <laughs> she's like a lot of other girls who um in times of pain is gonna fuck away that pain when she says like i i am in mourning yeah. like after after she after she blows them on the couch yeah. <laughs> like, i am i am mourning and, and i'm just like i i hear you and uh good work girl um like she's she's dealing with it the best she can yeah um i i, I do love that um that we have a trans woman who is also um, kind of the romantic character of the film who has uh, not just Fergus um, like pursuing her, but is also the eye of Jody's eye. Mm-hmm. The, the, the eye of Jody's eye. What the fuck did I just say? The apple, apple. of Jody's eye. <laughs> uh, even though he was cheating on her <laughs> by well, when he got captured. Also, but maybe there's it was a open. line. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a line, I think, when. Maybe it's when they're initially getting together before the reveal where um, where Fergus asks 
would Jody be okay with this? And and she says something like, yeah, he would he would have been fine or something like that. So that kind of leads okay. me to believe that maybe they had an open relationship. Okay. Okay. Then that's forgivable. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was pissed at, I was pissed at Jody for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that when um, she kills Jude, that she's like, she seems very jealous of like, the female that is female influence yeah yeah me too but Mm -hmm. it does seem like very a straight guy wrote this but she seems jealous Mm -hmm. of like she used that yeah Yeah. what it could have given him that she could Mm -hmm. or something um but uh i wanted to to respond to what you said about uh her being like the romantic character in this and the the him um his reaction um to the reveal seems to me almost like the the straight male thriller equivalent of like when the the male lead of a romantic movie makes the big mistake and then has to like make up for it like in the third mm-hmm. act of the film it's it almost mm-hmm. feels like that um even though it's unforgivable it's if it, it kind of seems like thematically and plot wise that's sort of what they were going for that's a that is honestly going to be how i how i have to look at it from now on because right, that is, yeah. because he does end up um i i saving her from going to prison i guess the, the grand the gesture the grand gesture that is, is him like taking so, the blame I'll, I'll take the grand gesture even though yeah. it is unredeemable <laughs> to me but i i will take the grand gesture um and i and i also love that dill is even after the quote-unquote reveal um is is still portrayed as how she was which is like this very sexual very beautiful woman yeah um like there is no drop in that until i guess the disguise happens uh but um but even then she kind of comes across as feminine and in my oh my god for sure Mm-hmm. And I and and I will say like when I saw this in high school, uh, I was just so excited to see like just this beautiful trans woman who is just still the seductress who is still like um, still having like again still has like a lot of options. Like Fergus yeah. isn't the only yeah. option she yeah. has, <laughs> and not to say that a trans woman's worth is to uh, is like down to her sex appeal or, right. or her lovers or you know the male gaze or whatever. Um, again, I, I, I need to say again, I'm a trans woman. I can say whatever the fuck I want, but it's just really, it's, it's, it's really nice, especially in the early nineties, mm-hmm. um, to see that that's not dropped. that like after this reveal, it's, it's not dropped. She, the next time we see her, like she's coming across the, uh, the field to his workplace and, and getting like cat called, which again, horrible, but she's got, but like everyone's whistling at her. She comes up and she's yeah. being called a tart and she, yeah. she comes up and she kind of like gives us like wink and, yeah. <laughs> and, and says, have a cup of like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, yeah. it's kind of fabulous. It's kind of great. Um, yeah. Also, and, and also I love seeing that. That by the end of the film, she's still alive and she's actually thriving. Like, her, yes. she kind of has like a mm-hmm. glow up. Like I, I feel like she maybe got some money somewhere. I don't know. She like looks great. Her outfit like looks like it's glowed up a little. She bit. struts yeah. into the prison like yeah. she sure yeah. does. <laughs> Slowly struts in. Yeah, 
and she is she and she's like hello darling i, I just yeah. like i just like she's just she's just great like yeah. again yeah. i i what i again well just to come back to it, what i love about this movie is dill like dill. Dill's just, yeah absolutely I, I love the first act and i love dill i just yeah. and that yeah and then and then uh before, I, before I go into things i hate about the movie are the things yeah. you all love about it <laughs> Same, exactly what you just said. Yeah, I think I just concur with everything that you said. Um, Literally. Um, things I hate, um, I hate, I mean, we've already talked about it. Uh, the, the reveal is absolutely painful and terrible. And I, and, and um, it's, it's made worse by, I guess, the ripples we still see today right. in film, yeah. especially in like, it's, it's again, really I've all, I, that, just what you said earlier about that's what everybody references when they talk about this film. They don't think about the full context of like the whole story. They just talk about that scene. Yeah. No. And just uh, and like, like since we've been talking, I've thought of a fourth example of like, of a movie that references it um, in some way. Uh, it's um, and, and it's again, it, it's just so like, it's already, I mean, it's already, it's so tough being on these streets as a trans woman. <laughs> and, but, 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 like, I kid, but also, it, but it is. And, like, uh, and, yeah, it is. And yeah. it's, and also just to be, and, and, and I'm saying that in 2023, and this is like back in the 90s, right. like, I can only imagine the shit that Dill had to go through or the trans woman watching this movie had to go through. Yeah. And then to see, like, that be the reaction to their own bodies is it, it, it's just it's just hurtful it's, yeah. I mean, that's really it it's just hurtful and like again like for for Liam to say like that's how anyone would react it uh, I, I, I I can't argue it because like you're going to react however you're going to react to something yeah you know but like it's but maybe just realize like you know when you're making this like why are you putting the scene in there it yeah mm -hmm. you know and it affects real people it does and yeah. and and again for it to be used as a twist is very interesting again yeah. I, I have we talked about like the fact that this was like a twist word these days it's the fact that yeah Jay in 1993 yeah. yeah yeah well when i like when you just google the crying game you know how the first um uh, on the google page under the info of the movie it has like common questions asked mm -hmm. about the film the first question is what is the twist of the crying game yeah and then it is just that it's like Dude, yeah. it was revealed. Blah, blah, blah. And, and like that, as a queer, is a like that alone is like that is the this this is the entire twist of the movie. Nominate it for an Academy Award. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said Deb, like watching it, not knowing you, it wasn't you. You saw you expected it. You saw it coming, right? Or no, you you were surprised. Oh no, I saw it coming. Okay, I saw it coming. I think you are dumb if you don't but yeah also. i feel like i'm, I'm maybe all it's because we're straight. all but also because we're yeah, queer maybe because we're all part of the queer community it was so obvious to us i like yeah sorry good oh no continue what are we gonna say paula no i was just gonna say and we're also viewing it in 2023 and right. there's yeah. a, there's a lot more visible trans representation now right, um right, right. like back then and i think that's why it was such a twist is again this was predominantly for 
I mean, this was an awards contender. He wanted yeah, straight like audiences. Lists. He wanted a straight audience seeing this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, and, and so, and weren't a, a ton of trans, <laughs> a, a trans representation there in film, TV, like, of course, in like real life, but like, yeah. not, not when you went to the movies. And right. so, of course, like uh, back then, people were not expecting it, especially when it's marketed as this, um, this, drama thriller yeah and uh with like a noir edge with the ira with miranda (laughs) richardson on the cover yeah 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 um so i don't know it's it's interesting having her transness be the twist of of i guess not the entire film but it is like but it is like this big turning point in the film where absolutely he has to it could it could have just have as as easily been brought up in conversation i would have preferred it that way than to have like this like pan down of her body Uh, to her nether regions and then for him to get like violently ill and they made it they made it a spectacle yeah when it did not have to be one it it truly he could have followed her to to metro and realized then when he go when he walks into metro and if he looked around his surroundings jesus christ yeah Fergus. <laughs> and in her mind i feel like that was like his journey like she thought he already knew yeah. like she she had given him like all the clues that he needed she really did yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah that that also does leave a bad taste in my mouth that it is played as like such a reveal and also like such a big moment in the movie um and I think that is emblematic of its time and also emblematic yeah. of of the person who was writing the story. Mm-hmm. Also, what to like kind of relate it back to what I was saying about something I love about the movie is this like this beautiful, self-sufficient trans woman is like mm-hmm. living her life and like and can and you know everything. Um it's also something I hate. It's it's it basically what the twist is saying is like can you believe a trans woman can be beautiful? Like that's basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically true. what the twist that's is true. saying. Yeah. It's like, can you believe? <laughs> um, Mama, can you believe? <laughs> and oh, and that's God. and that is and that just kind of says something uh, yeah. to I guess the culture at the time. And I don't think too much has changed since then. So yeah. I think even now it would probably be the same. Ooh, uh, and yeah. then something Thinking about some and, of the people on Twitter for sure. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes I realize how much of a bubble I live in in like my little queer circles in yeah. Chicago, and then I like oh go on god. Twitter and I'm like, oh fucking shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but um, and then something else I hate is the when he disguises her. Uh, yeah, that's it. so yeah, it's so gross and painful. And it ended up serving no purpose. It yeah, was I don't just... understand why. Yeah, because then she did. She didn't even happen. need to have a disguise. I she think didn't. that. I think that really. The part part of it, the part of it that I feel like I can maybe forgive, is if it's tying back into his relationship with Jody, and if he really like thematically was trying to create Jody's image in her but it's still very painful and I don't think textually it was it mm-hmm. wasn't needed for the plot it was needed no. maybe on thematic 
No, and I think it was either that or to show that he does that he's trying to keep her safe, and, and yeah. it's like one of the two, maybe both. And I think, and that's all you can really say about it because yeah. again, it serves nothing to the plot. Yeah. It, it 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 just goes like let's deglam this character yeah. and like cut her hair, that which is already such a trope with uh, trans content made like before five years ago. Yeah. Um, like it's just there's always gonna be not always, but there's usually a forced haircutting, which yeah. I talked about my uh. show Hit and Miss, which I do love. I, I do love that show, but again, also has a forced ha- haircutting scene in it. <laughs> and what uh, is that? Why? I think again, it's just to show like, can you believe? Like not yeah. to go, but can yeah. you believe? And yeah. it's 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 hurtful and 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 painful and also um boring it's yeah. very boring yeah. um yeah that's all i can say yeah um i would have much yeah. rather seen her all glammed up while she shoots miranda richardson honestly. yeah <laughs> would have loved to see can you that. imagine if she was turning uh, a look while she was shooting people if she comes in with a, if she comes in with a sharper bob than yeah. Miranda Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> she comes in with, with a bl- blunt bangs. Like, they yeah. fight using using the razors of their bobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess Ryan Murphy should have directed the film. Like never. <laughs> Do not will that to happen. He's gonna come out with a mini series of the impact that the crying game had. And it's still gonna be a major miss and bad. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk for forever, but I know. Uh... This is actually a like I was like, wow. I looked at the time and was like, this is one of our longest episodes ever. Oh my god. I'm so I'm so sorry. No, 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 it's, no, no, no. It's been an it's absolute a, this, pleasure. Yes, and it's this is wonderful. like a genuinely very rich discussion about it. Like yeah. and there's so, this film yeah. has so much it's so complicated. There's so much to yes. talk about. Um, are there any um other moments that we want to touch on before we start ra- wrapping up anything you had in your notes um, that you wanted to discuss? I'm looking over them now and I I haven't talked about that. Um I at the very beginning of my notes I wrote, damn I'm high. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, You need to learn <laughs> more about the IRA. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I was like looking up the uh, IRA while I was same, I was it. too. <laughs> um before we leave, I just wanna just again, I think I think it was so funny and it didn't mean to be all the little appearances of Eddie. Yeah. Like when he's like in a car and tries to run them. Like it, it feels oh. like, oh, that's just Eddie. <laughs> yeah, that's just Eddie. Oh, he's just yeah. he's really torn up. Yeah. 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 yeah and it's like, you fucking, fucking get, 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 get. I couldn't believe when she when she threw his fishbowl out of the, <gasps> the window. Oh, I know that was shocking. <laughs> that so I could have done without. Funny. I think. Yeah. It was so stupidly funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, my that god! Eddie had a fish at her house. That was so funny. That that he was that moved in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like the, he goes over there stuff. often enough <laughs> to feed his fish. Yeah, <laughs> Eddie. I feel oh, like his, he probably like gave her the fish or something as a gift. Is my 
but that's the only way I can look at it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What? A, and that's what's... it. That's all I would like to say. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also wonder if Eddie is sort of a. a I I like. I mean, I don't like Eddie, but I like the idea. No, I don't. Of, yeah. I like the idea that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I like it at all now that I think about it. <laughs> but, but no. I think, I think it's part of the film, like saying, like, can you believe this other man was was so into this woman? But um, yeah, there's a couple of those. <laughs> and yeah. I, I wonder initially before they wrote the film i think initially dill's character was just going to be a cis woman which is crazy thinking about it because so much of the film is centered on dill's identity um mm-hmm. but i almost wonder if that character is a, a pullover from that i don't know um mm-hmm. uh so let's uh rate the film um okay here at queer movie night we rate on two different scales one is the vita russo test and the other is our homebrew of zero to six with uh whatever iconic thing that we think is worth using um for the vita russo test that is a media metric that examines queer representation in media um it follows three rules one that the film have queer identifiable characters two that the queer characters in the film have personality traits other than being queer and three that removing the characters from the film would change the plot significantly um this i guess this movie arguably has two queer characters at least with jody and uh dill um and i would say they both have personality traits other than being queer and removing them both from a film would change it it would be unrecognizable Um, i would i I I see fergus as queer by the end of it too yeah yeah and it could even be argued if whether or not Jody was queer, just because yeah. uh, he, he does think, have a. It, it, he, I think in my, I I think you can definitely. I could I could definitely see him as a straight character mm-hmm. as well, but I I almost see him as like pansexual because I do. I do too. I kind I of too. read his. I I kind of read that he had an attraction to Fergus as well. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was the director's intention, but but um. I, and and I I don't think you could say that he he's identifiable probably at, by the rules of the Vita Rosa test, but definitely Dill gives the movie a pass. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what uh what what do we think is an iconic image in this film um that we can use for our rating system? Um, Jay Davidson's penis. <laughs> 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 hey, you're go. the Let's guest. Do you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Zero to six, Jay Davidson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, either that, or, or margaritas, um, or something, or margaritas. I would do that. Margaritas, or um, shoot, with the or sharp bobs. <laughs> sharp bobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, those are my three. God, this is tough. This is a tough one. I would give this film, I'm going to say four and a half uh, penises because mm-hmm. I think that I think that its heart was in the right place, and I think that 
the filmmaker wanted to portray Dill in a sympathetic way and gave the character a lot of respect that you wouldn't see from other straight filmmakers, especially in this time. Um, But I do think that there are some things that are unforgivable about the film and that um, even in the time it was made, if they had had more insight or more consultation from actual trans people, it would have been better, would have been done better. Um, I also think, yeah, I I do think that a lot that saves it for me is that I do think that Dill is portrayed as a hero in the film and not as an anti-hero or a villain. Um, and that saves it a lot for me, I think. Um, so I'm going to say 4.5 for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to go last step or you want to go second? I always go last. <laughs> you, always, you always go last. I do, um, but I could go second this time. No. I'm I feel the same I feel the same way Peyton but I almost want to rate it a little lower yeah that's like my fair. instinct is between like a three and a four yeah um because the the good redeeming parts of the film are yeah, that they, yes, still yeah. still is a you know is portrayed as a hero dill is the good one at the end of this mm. and also saves Fergus yeah saves Fergus and also like there's there's this full ass like like cis woman who's like the sexy lady like bad woman Miranda Richardson the whole time and like we don't root for her in the slightest yeah I I love that like Bill kills her and we're like fuck yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like I think I think that's really important too is that like at at the time in the in ninety two the audience wasn't just automatically rooting for you know like the straight cis woman mm-hmm. because that's all they knew how to root for. Yeah. Even she was, even though she was a part of like a terrorist organization. Um, like, I think that's like a testament to the writing of Dill and how many people like attached to Dill and um, loved her so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I totally agree with everything you said, Peyton, but I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to go with like, a, I'm going to do a three and a half. That's fair. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Paula. Uh, zero to six. J. Davidson penises. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm torn. I'm. You know what? I'm going to say a three point seven five. There we Ooh, go. That penis. is the first quartered <laughs> rating we've ever gotten. Oh shoot. Okay. I'll no, you leave it. Okay. So I, as we have said. <laughs> and have kind of <laughs> just kept like um, reiterating, like I just yeah. think Dill is such a wonderful character. Yeah, and I I think I I just love the portrayal of her. I love that we root for her. Um, and yeah, and 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 I think that was pretty big for an early '90s film to like get the audience on the side of this trans woman um so i love it for that um and i just and just the performances all around i think there wasn't really a weak person in the cast i think everyone kind of gave it their all i I feel like it's a very um um 
interesting movie. I think it's, I think it's suspenseful. It holds your attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when we didn't really talk about it that much, but when Miranda Richardson also comes back in and you're like, Oh, fuck it. God damn it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, you never leave. Um, that being said, the drawbacks are <laughs> are heavy drawbacks. Yeah, they're significant. Where, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and and where and it affected me more on this watch than it did in high school when I mm. when I when that reveal scene happened. Oh boy, I was like I felt a certain way, especially because I was so high, and it <laughs> it really it, it made me upset. And mm. oh, I I didn't I didn't feel healed from it until i saw dill strutting down to the construction site and i was like yes you show him baby and uh um and again i like you said peyton i really wish there was more consulting and i think more time spent among the transes uh before making this feature length film yeah uh And I wish it didn't have uh, so many tropes, notably the the reveal and the um the, the head shaving. But <laughs> uh, with all that being said, I think it's a very um um I think it's kind of a cool movie. I, I think it's like a little time capsule um of a film back Absolutely. to um uh back to like um how these issues were thought of back then. And the fact that it was such for the time, a cutting edge movie that did make people really think about these issues, especially that it was a popular film. Um, it did. And, and <laughs> for all the reasons, like it negatively affected films after and portrayals of trans women after it, it also got people talking. And um, I, I think that also had some good things about it. And Stephen Ray was a hottie, and <laughs> um, I I would have visited him in prison and been like, "Look what you're missing." <laughs> um, so for all the things I don't like about the movie, I love that I can return to like a movie from the early '90s and see a character I do relate to, which is still I because again I do just as a vixen myself. I did see myself a lot and dill mm. and i appreciated that but um yeah i'm gonna say like 3.75 um, love that beautiful love it. davidson penises no. <laughs> thank you so so much for doing yes, oh thank my you, goodness Paula. i think thank I you so much for having me both of us when i'd say please come back anytime you want let's do literally let's, when let's as... watch suddenly last summer like <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, it, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Oh my God. Okay. I social um, media my, or shows my, or anything. <laughs> my Instagram is at Paula Von Trapp. Uh, that's Paula V O N T R A P. Um, primo content. Uh, primo. I'm always, primo, baby. I'm always lolling out loud <laughs> at stuff Paula posts. And then I always respond. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'm like, I'm laughing. <laughs> and I think it's great. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. <laughs> and, um, I, love I, I love you, Deb. I love mm. you so much. Um, and then uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in uh, Improvised Jane Austen at IO. 
Oh, amazing. Um, and I will be uh, um, in a sketch show next month uh, called Gushy Takes Me to the Cheesecake Factory, which will be at the Annoyance on Thursday evenings at 9.30. And I'm very, very excited about it. Um, it's with my improv team, Gushy. It's a sketch show. We've It's going to be very fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. That's amazing. You can uh, follow me at Peyton Cody Lynch on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd if you're on there. Um, you can um, also catch me talking about famous franchises on uh, Franchise Surprise with Nick Lathan and Rich Camalucci. And you can follow me, Deborah Duncan, on Twitter and Deborah D. Bag on Instagram. That's all I got for you, folks. Thanks, everybody, oh, for listening. And thank you again, thank you. Paula. This thank was you, so much fun. This is so Oh, fun. thank you for every... I love talking about film. I love making <laughs> friends. I love all of this. Thank you yes. so much. This oh. is absolutely a wonderful way to bring in pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this truly was like a glimpse into a, a working a day with Paula and I, if we were working a ship together. <laughs> yeah, Except it's just way interrupted yeah. far more, but talking about this the whole time. Uh, uh, I'm so glad to meet you, Paula, and let's definitely be friends for sure. I would love that. Thank, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right, listeners, bye. Bye. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.